Next on BYU Sports Nation, one week down, two to go in BYU football fall camp. What's your major storyline after the first seven days? Saturday scrimmage revealed three things all BYU fans need to know. And why Micah Hanneman said the defense dominated over the weekend. Plus, we're two-on-one with BYU offensive coordinator and Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer. Which quarterback is leading the competition? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation back to work on a Monday and live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us on August 15th, halfway through the month. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with 2009 BYU Football Fall Camp MVP, Brian Logan. (laughs) Hey, man, I appreciate that. I I can't take all the credit, though, because I did – you know, pay some of the guys for the votes. So, you know, I was trying to get a little bit more recognition. But you earned your starting spot, right? I did. I did. I, I earned it, yeah. But, you know, the votes come from the team. So <laughs> I was like, dude, what I got to do, I'll give you some of this scholarship check. You know, I'll take you out to lunch. Whatever we got to do, man. Friday night, so. the Big Blue Bash was on fire in Sandy, Utah, just outside of Salt Lake City. Listen to this, Brian. Over 1,100 people showed up. That's 400 more than the previous high. Jerem Jordan and myself emceed Blaine Fowler doing trivia. Your Uncle B was on Uncle, point. Uncle B. Bro, I was so sad. So it was like, I think like 6-something or 7 o'clock. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I come out the shower. My wife's like, hey, do you know there's a big blue bash going on right now? And I was like, what? What? She's like, should you be there or something? I was like, yeah, but I just took a shower, so I don't want to go back out and get dirty. So, yeah, I was kind of sad I missed it. Oh, Brian. I was so sad. You're invited next year, you and Kenna. Okay. Your whole family. Bring the whole family. Can I get on the stage, though? Yes. And can I rap? Uh, I could look into that. Freestyle. I can look into that. Freestyle. High energy. I mean, there was great support for the Cougs. Kalani Satake, Ty Detmer, Jamal Williams danced. Nice. He didn't rap, but he danced. <laughs> Tanner Mangum, Johnny Linehan, Travis Tuiloma, all of those guys addressed the crowd. Jamal said something that made me laugh super hard. Like, I had to compose myself after. Do you have tears? He said, uh, yes. In your eyes? Okay, he I said, guess. and I'm paraphrasing, the hardest thing I accomplished while I was at BYU or while I have been at BYU was to make it through all three hours of church, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, all three hours. I, you know what? That is That is a tough challenge for – for anyone, man. I think, you know, if you have a kid um, and they're kind of in their toddler stages, it's maybe a little bit of an excuse. That sounds bad, but, you know, you can kind of go on the hallway for a little bit, rub off like 15 minutes, to co- <laughs> then come back. But, you know, if you, you know, single and don't have kids like Jamal, you know, it's a little bit harder. You got to sit through. Now, I know it was technically in Salt Lake City and the Salt Lake City alumni chapter of BYU, but there were people, no kidding, from Colorado, Georgia, Connecticut, and one guy who was visiting from Tokyo. Wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. They, like, they came, like they flew in for that? Or did they just happen to be here and it was like good timing, so then they came? Not really sure about that, but <laughs> there were people from all over the place. I thought it was really cool. They would have deserved, I mean, the MVP for 2016, you know, camp right, <laughs> right there. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU held its first scrimmage of fall camp on Saturday morning. 
Head coach Kalani Satake started or stated rather, T. John Karoma took snaps with the first team and is battling with Parker Daw for that starting center spot. Satake also also said, Alema Pilima. Pilimai. Pilimai? Yeah. Uh, I almost got it. You were there. Uh, You were there. Uh, Has moved from defensive end and outside linebacker positions to tight end. More on this coming up in What's Trending. BYU football already back to work this morning. Week two of fall camp now underway, and we go live to practice with BYU TV sideline reporter Lauren Frankham. Lauren, we're glad you got back to work on Monday. How are you feeling out there? I'm feeling good. Always a pleasure, guys. But honestly, here at fall camp, we don't get to see a ton, but that is by design. Kalani said they're a little more secretive right now because nobody has seen what they're doing on offense and defense, and he wants to keep it that way until the first game. So, honestly, we haven't seen a lot, but we were told that the defense has been outplaying the offense. But he did say that's not uncommon in the first scrimmages since the offense has to learn a little bit more complicated scheme and plays. But the offense is still having success, which is good. From what you have seen and from what you have heard from the coaches, speaking specifically from the offense, what position groups on that side of the ball are standing out? Well, the run game looks really solid. Jamal, Audi, Squally, there are a lot of backs. And, and as we know, as the season goes on, there can be a lot of injuries. So that is good news for BYU to have a, a big lineup to go to. Also, I was just watching the wide receivers. Nick Kurtz is running routes at that half speed but it's really good to see him out there. And one of the standouts for me in wide receiver is Mitchell Jurgens. He is so consistent, and he's one of the most fun players, funnest, funnest, that's not a word, guys, the most fun players to watch because he is so consistent so you know exactly what you're going to get from him. Hey, listen, Look, if you want to make up words on this show, yeah, that's, that's cool. Lauren, you can do, uh, you this can is, do that as sideline reporters. You can make up words. Lauren, you kind of stole the, the spotlight the first time I heard you, so, I mean, you can do whatever you want. There's no <laughs> rules. Only Jeremy and Spencer are the only ones that have the rules <laughs> on this show. Thank so, you, Brian. Yeah, Thank no, you, no Brian. problem. I got your back. Um, so, so with that being said, Lauren, what offensive group needs the most work, in, in your opinion? Well, Ty Detmer was saying that uh, the tight end position is still by committee right now. They they haven't um, announced a starter there. And as you mentioned before, freshman linebacker Alema Tilimai moved to tight end. So obviously they, they still need a little bit of work there and a little more depth. They mentioned during the scrimmage that the offensive line was holding a lot, but they also said that's pretty normal during the first scrimmages. And Taysom and Tanner are still taking equal reps and playing really solid and smart but they still have yet to name a starter, so hopefully that'll come sooner rather than later. One of the funnest sideline reporters in the business. Funnest ever. Lauren Frank. Lauren, thanks for the time. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. Interesting that she mentioned Ty Detmer and the tight end by committee. He talked about that on Saturday as well, which means there is no standout. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Or if that's a negative thing. So yep. we'll look into more of that, as, especially that, that position group as fall camp continues. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, the Sporting News put out a list of the top 25 college quarterbacks of 2016. Taysom Hill comes in at number 22. My cousin, Taysom, the all-star. So does that mean Tanner Mangum is like a slash number 22 along with Taysom right there? Um... I, don't, I didn't read the article. I didn't see the fine print. Um, but I'm assuming no. Not saying that he doesn't deserve it. Okay. I'm just saying that my cousin just, comes in just say BYU quarterback number, number 22. 22. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so 
some also some interesting things with that list. Uh, BYU will face five other quarterbacks, mm. um, including eighth ranked Josh Rosen from UCLA. Oh, the chosen Rosen. The chosen now one. to Rio. Cougars in the Olympics. Yeah, let's go. Team USA men's volleyball featuring Taylor Sander just minutes ago defeated Team Mexico in pool play to finish 3-2 and two in those five matches. Sander and Team USA beat France on Saturday in four sets. Now, because they won today, they advanced to the quarterfinals and are the first team, get this, Brian, in Olympic history for men's volleyball to start 0-2 and make the quarterfinals. Nice, nice, man. Congrats. Well done, gentlemen. Yes, sir. NFL preseason football is finally here Mm -hmm. and featured a bunch of BYU Cougars in action over the weekend. Uh, Safety Danny Swarnton had two tackles for the Kansas City Chiefs. Linebacker Kyle Van Noy had three tackles for the Lions. Offensive lineman DeAndre Wesley led all Ravens. Offensive lineman with 36 snaps in their game. How about that? Uh, And uh, Jerem Jordan. His uh, favorite guy ever, <laughs> even over Spencer Linton. Hey. Jordan Leslie had a catch for 13 yards for the Falcons. And my boy, uh, the freshman sweetheart, Jake, well, when I was here, Jake Heaps, went three for 10 with 33 yards for the Seahawks. Your boy, Jake Heaps. Yes. My, my boy. That's my boy. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Scrimmage synopsis. BYU football, as we have documented, held the first scrimmage of fall camp on Saturday morning, close to the public and to the media. Head coach Kalani Satake said this is the most secretive they'll ever be and asked the media to please respect the program's wishes to keep things low-key. That said, we did learn some things about the scrimmage from the few clips we saw put out by BYU football videos, Facebook and Twitter accounts, and from interviews conducted after practice. Now, we have picked our top three headlines from the scrimmage, but are any of those three the headline from week number one? Have your say and answer today's Twitter question. After one week of BYU fall camp, what stands out the most to you? First, tweet in at Stone. It seems to be more low-key than normal. Still not sure if that is a good or a bad thing. Find out on September 3rd. Oh, it just leads up to that first game. That, make, that oh. makes sense, man. I think, I think as, as, as fans and just the, the community, we all kind of are, are, have always been on our edge, uh, you know, on the edge of our seats, and, and you kind of just get the feeling from coaches and even players of, of them being on edge, right, just because of, of Bronco and that philosophy. And I think – that Kalani obviously is is completely opposite, and uh, and and we'll see. I mean, everybody has a different coaching style, and uh, you got to do what works best for you. Now to our top three stories, specifically from Saturday's scrimmage, starting with this: defensive lineman Corbin Kafusi is bigger, he is stronger, and understandably getting noticed. Well, he's put a lot of muscle mass on, and uh, he's hard to throw over. And the quarterbacks are finding out that. You know, they're finding out about it right now, and uh, but I think that he can be a dangerous pass rusher, and he can also use his leverage to help us out on the field. Uh, and then and I think he just he's just so big, and he's a, he's really agile for how, how tall he is. Six nine, two hundred seventy five pounds, making the transition from basketball to football. He'll go back to the basketball team as soon as football is over. But I mean, Brian, 
This is a guy that said, quote, you can't foul out here on the football field, <laughs> so I love it. Yeah, right. See, right there, man, that kind of scares me a little bit, you know, <laughs> that he, I mean, you know, if I'm an offensive lineman um, and just how physical this guy just naturally is, and, and I think he'll make a bigger impact than most people think, man. Wait, why do you say I, that? And, well, well you, you, I think people, first of all, you're like, well, it's his first, you know, year playing football and... I mean, he's, he's been in basketball, and he has to kind of just get acclimated with everything. But when you look at a guy that's 6'9", 6'10", and he's put on, you know, 30 pounds, as an offensive lineman, how do you really guard that, right? How do you go against that? And then as a quarterback, I mean, how, it's, to me, how do you see over a guy like that? And so if, if, if you can – I think he can really shut down an entire side of the field like a cornerback, really, because and, – and he doesn't have to make any, any tackles – or, or any sacks, but if he can just sit there and be in front of the quarterback, how long, how tall he is, I mean, the quarterback's not even looking that way, right? And, and even pre-snap, I'm like, okay, I, I know if I feel any type of pressure, I'm going the opposite way 100%. And, uh, and, and, and really, the big body, the big build, that leads us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 30. Kavusi has gained how many? 30. 30 pounds since starting football training following last season's basketball regime. Yep. See, and again, man, I don't think he's going to have the eye-popping stats and numbers like most people. It's going to be more of a, that indirect impact, uh, those, those silent stats, right, where, where you can't really – uh, you know, look after the game and see, oh, he had three of these, four of these, and, t- and ten of these. You know, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, his pressure was felt all yeah. all game. Um, or, you know, the offensive coordinator had to switch up the entire, uh, you know, playbook uh, just to go on the opposite side of him. So I, th- I think we'll, we'll see some bigger things than, than what most fans are, are going to be expecting. Playing basketball has made him extremely agile. And that is a good thing. So while he has gained 30 pounds, he's still pretty light on his feet and has decent speed off the edge. Look for him in third and long situations because, you know, if it's a throwing down, why would you not put your 6'9", 275 guy in on the edge to block half of the field? Dude, I mean, I mean as, a, as a cornerback, too, I, I wouldn't even play, you know, uh, bump, and, bump and run coverage. I wouldn't do any press. Um, I would stay maybe eight yards off the line of scrimmage. Even if it's like third and even even if third and short, wow. really, because because I know I know he, he he's taking away my slants, he's taking away any quick throws, he's taking those away completely. So I don't even care. Even my linebacker, I wouldn't even care. Number two from Saturday's scrimmage, the offense is in Ty Detmer's words a work in progress, but maybe further ahead than anticipated. Now explain that. How can they be further along when this is a brand new offense and a brand new coach? Yeah, I mean, the defense is just – they're just studs, man. And, and, you know, they're just the best thing since, you know, sliced bread. No, so what it is is defense, it's it's all reaction. And so this this stage of fall camp, you don't have a lot of plays you got to work, you know, uh, uh, work with or, or try to learn. And so you're, you're, you're faster, you're quicker because you don't have to think a lot. The offense, it doesn't matter. You're still trying to get the chemistry with the guys. You're trying to go through checks and audibles. And, and so even though there's not a lot of install going in, 
Uh, you still have to deal with all those things, and so the defense should obviously dominate no matter what. Okay. And so for the offense, but they're okay, but the offense is ahead. Exactly, exactly, and 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 I think the 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 reason why is look who you got in the team, man. You got Taysom, you have Jamal, you have a lot of starters coming back, and a lot of starters that are experienced. You know, this isn't their first or second camp, um, and so that's a great sign, you know, for for us as fans to know that this offense is is doing good when they shouldn't you know, typically be doing good at this stage. So to summarize that, the defense doing what we anticipate they will do, playing fast, pinning their ears back, but the offense ahead of schedule, who knows how much, but from what we've heard, ahead of schedule because of what Brian calls the experience factor. Number three, quarterbacks getting equal reps. Here is Ty Detmer. Right now we're just rotating, you know, they're all getting equal reps. So, you know, we're, we're starting to, like I said, all of them are starting to understand it a little more and, and each concept's a little different. So we're starting to get our eyes in the right place. But I would say right now, you know, we're all working at it together and, and they work great as a unit. They help each other out, talk through the reads together. Is there a quarterback controversy at BYU <laughs> right now, Brian? I just don't, I don't see that there is a controversy. Competition, sure. But really, I, I mean, I've heard Tanner and Taysom say it again and again. I'm buying into it. I don't think that there is controversy. Yeah, no. That, I mean, you said it good, man. That's, that's the difference. Is it's, it's definitely a competition. And to me, if I'm if I'm these coaches, I'm not looking at the performance, not necessarily 100. percent I'm looking more at uh, you know the, the leadership. You know, how are these guys leading the entire team? Because because you are the leader of the entire team, not just the offense. And then how are those guys? Both offensively and defensively, you know, following you because if if, if your performance on the field is is equal, uh, I'm going with the guy that is that has the better skill set as a leader because you know leadership, man, that's something that you can't really teach. I still think that Taysom Hill, by a margin of fifty point one percent to forty nine point nine percent, will be the <laughs> starter on September third. Countdown to the Wildcats. 19 days. 19 days away from the first BYU football game of the 2016 season. After one week of fall camp, what stands out the most to you? Answer that question. Coming up, why Micah Hanneman says the defense dominated Saturday. But first, Ty Detmer. Which BYU quarterback is pulling ahead in the fall camp competition? We asked him that question. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. BYU TV Sports has BYU football covered during all of fall camp. Follow BYU TV Sports and BYU Sports Nation on Facebook to see post-practice interviews and practice recaps on Facebook Live. And and as a some as somebody that is really obsessed with with marketing, man, Facebook Live is just changing the game. It's blowing it's, things it's, up. Allow it allows fans and and brands and companies to really engage with each other on a whole another level. So please fans, take advantage and and really get that experience of really being right then and there. When does the Brian Logan reality TV show begin via Facebook Live? Um, so I got to get a Facebook first. Um, <laughs> I still, bro, I'm still trying to shake away the bad experience from MySpace, man. I'm still, I've had issues, you know, with, with girlfriends and ex-girlfriends and stuff 
with MySpace. I mean, granted, I was like 14, 15 years old, you know, <laughs> like I was a little immature and stuff. I'm, I'm grown now. I'm married. I got two kids. I don't see there being issues, but I still got just a bad taste in my mouth, man. So we got to get I'm that trying. worked out, man. I know. I know. I'm trying dude. Holy cow. So, yeah. After one week of BYU fall <laughs> camp, what stands out the most to you at Kip Kent says Jonah Trineman. You can't teach speed, and that's one thing he doesn't need to be taught. Will be the top receiver. I agree with that. Over Nick Kurtz. Yep. Wow. Your I, boy, Nick Kurtz. That's my boy, man. I love I me. Mean, yeah, I love Nick. I love me some Nick, but. You like Jonah Trenderman. I Man, that's, that's one guy truly, truly that stood out to me um, like five times. And I was like, who is that? Who is that? And it was the same dude. And I was like, oh, okay. There you go. He just looks He looks fast and looks the part. Smooth, all that. It's time now for our latest two-on-one from BYU Football Fall Camp. The 14-year NFL veteran and Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer spoke with Jerem Jordan and myself on Saturday about everything from what the first play of the season will be to the quarterback competition and who's leading the way. Ty, it's often this time of year in fall camp we hear the phrase, work in progress. Where along the line did you see your offense progress to today? We're, uh, we're getting tighter. You know, the run game, I felt like we had some good runs. When you're not tackling uh, and it's t- We'll get back to that interview with Ty Detmer in just a bit. Just a little bit of a technical glitch right there. We apologize. But as I was saying, Brian, this, this has been one of my favorite interviews of fall camp because of how laid back and unassuming of a superstar he is. He is right the guy in the annals of BYU history because he's the lone Heisman Trophy winner. But he's super humble. And uh, if you want to stay even keel and talk about a guy that's even keel, that is mm-hmm. Ty Detmer. You know what's interesting, uh, Spencer? So I've, I've been hearing a lot of stuff from from the players and the differences between you know the, the coaching staff. And, and that's really more from a player's perspective. But from, a, from an analyst and um, you know media, what do you think the biggest difference or, or something that really st- – you know, pops out in your mind when you are interviewing these coaches compared to the others? Holy cow. Well, I think it just is the the personality and how personable they are with the guys. If the energy in camp, it, it's different because it's new. And not saying that the Bronco Mendenhall regime did anything wrong. It's just, it's just different. Yeah. It's just new. There's a new energy. Okay, now back to our two-on-one with the Heisman Trophy winner, Ty Detmer. To you today. We're, uh, we're getting tighter. You know, the run game, I felt like we had some good runs. When you're not tackling uh, and it's touch off, a lot of these three, four-yard gains are really six or eight or more. And uh, I told our guys after that, you know, we, we did a live skelly session where we got a chance to have our DBs tackle in space when we catch balls. And some of those four-yard completions during a team tag-off period were really eight to ten, you know. So it's a little deceiving there at times. Um we got to break tackles, and, and our guys did a pretty good job of that today. So, um, But I think overall, we've thrown a lot at them, and we're kind of at that point now where, okay, let's dial in and just work those over and over and over and get to where we rep them and we're good at them. And so that's where we're at right now. And then we're still trying different combinations up front in the backfield receiver-wise. Uh, we've got a guys kind of a little dinged up that we're still waiting to get back maybe next week that add to that group. So... 
uh, we feel pretty good as coaches where we're at and with what we have in, and now it's just dialing in the little things that really help you execute and win a game. What did you accomplish and what did you guys do uh, today during the scrimmage? Well, a situation like this is good for the coaches because you're getting personnel in. We didn't have the headsets up. They're getting reconditioned. So uh, <laughs> sometimes with the music, that's hard to relay to the next guy and get that in in an efficient manner. But I felt like we did a pretty good job of that. And so from a coaching standpoint, it's good to work those things and play calls and yelling personnel right away and some of those mechanics that – I got to keep myself from coaching other positions right after a play and quit yelling at those guys and get the next play in, you know. Uh, so logistically, those are some things we wanted to see as coaches. And then just the guys out there in the huddle having to communicate themselves. What's the down and distance? Where are we at? What, what's the situation? Alert blitz, all those things that need to happen in a huddle. So uh, it's good for us to be able to have these situations and, and work uh, situational parts of the game as well like we did with kind of backed up coming out and, and then going in. It's a little different mindset at times for play calling where you may be four down territory. And as a play caller, we're working those situations uh, always. So uh, that helps. And then when you come game time, uh, you've done it before and you're ready to go. If you had a list of objectives for your quarterbacks in terms of like priorities, what you want them to accomplish, what would be at the top of the list right now? Knowing where to go with it, uh, understanding the reads for each concept. So, you know, we've got, like I said, a lot in and lots going through their head, and we're starting to get to that point now where we're taking it to the third, fourth level where, okay, I understand it, it's been maybe tight end to receiver, and now that back comes into play because we're starting to see, you know, a backer rotates, we get to a check down a little quicker. So, uh, that's good to see. It's good to know that our quarterbacks are understanding it. They're starting to get it, and they're getting more reps at it, so it becomes more natural for them. They don't have to hold it and look and try to find people. And so that's that's objective number one. Ty, are you more confident in your play-calling abilities or in your players right now? Always more confident in our players, right? Uh, players make plays. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you, you're never going to call the perfect play. you got to have options for them and then have them understand when those options come into play. And that's kind of where we're getting to right now. Our QBs are starting to understand that if we get roll strong, we work weak side, all those things that come into a play that options that you maybe you talk about, but they've got to see it. And so I'll always be more confident in our players making plays. You, I mean, you've seen what they've done over the last few years just – ad-libbing and making plays to win games and so we don't want to take that away from them but at the same time coach them up to where they don't have to do that as often. Obviously a lot has changed since you were a player in fall camp uh, now back here as a coach what's been the biggest difference for you going from the player role and quarterback to now the coach's role in fall camp? Getting here at 6 30 in the morning and leaving at 7, uh, <laughs> 7 30, 8 o'clock. Uh, so, as a player, it's easy. You show up when, before practice or for meetings, they tell you when to be everywhere, and now you're organizing those things. So, uh, coaching is definitely more, more work, uh, but it's fun when you see it work too, and you know that the time that they've spent pays off, that, that the hours and the workouts and the meetings, when you see them get it and we execute a play, it's like, yes, you know, that's what you put all that time in for. We're standing on BYU football sacred ground here. Do you have specific memories for specific parts of the field when you're out here? 
No, I never thought of that part of it. Uh, you know, we had some pretty good memories all over it. <laughs> so when you play for three and a half years, uh, you're going to have, you know, special moments all over the field, you know. But when you see some of the old highlights, you know, you know, you throw to Matt Bellini in the corner here against Miami or you scramble and hit Salido over. All the action happened on this end, I think. <laughs> that game. So this end's a little better on the south end. Plus it's closer to Texas. <laughs> You, you could the real pull, truth. Yeah. You you could pull from a lot of different influence. Your playing days, those different offense court, your NFL days. What 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 are some of the biggest influences on your play calling from your career? Uh, you know, probably West Coast um, type of system a little bit more. But you know, you you play to your personnel. You know, we we ran Taysom on a little zone keep today, and we'll do more of that. Have packages for him when he's in, and so. Um, you got to, you know, open your your playbook and expand that to what guys can do best and, and give them some opportunities, hopefully to be on the edge where it's not right up the middle like he did today. But uh, <laughs> he just played football, you know, that's what he does. So, um, but I, I definitely think, you know, I grew up with the West Coast type offense in high school with my dad and then coming here, similar deal. And then Green Bay and everywhere I played in the NFL, for the most part, was West Coast. And so... You have a lot of those similarities probably in some of our scheme, but, you know, concepts are concepts. Teams that aren't West Coast still run West Coast concepts, so it's all tied together. And so, um, but probably that that influence and just the way we did things and similar coaches everywhere I went, kind of from the same Mike Holmgren coaching tree, mm-hmm. uh, you learn a lot from that and, and you apply a lot of those things to what we're doing here. What's the best bit of advice you got from a former teammate or a former coach with you taking over a new role as a coach? Well, Norm Chow told me, throw it to the backs. So (laughs) we made a living doing that with him. Uh, But I think, you know, more than anything, people have just been real supportive and, hey, you'll be fine. You know, they just try to give you confidence with some of the unknowns that are coming. Uh, You know, the difference between high school and college, there'll be a little bit of learning curve and you got to have more answers. And We'll get into that, you know, but uh, overall, um, guys have been real supportive, and, and uh, we'll see if that continues when the games start. It sounds like you're uh, giving equal reps to Taysom and Tanner. Is that the case? Yeah, right now we're, we're working all com- combinations, trying to give them both with the different line combinations and, and different receiving groups, and so uh, just so, you know, you can evaluate everybody where um, they need to catch balls from each of them, and so right now it's, it's equal reps working, you know, where we're where we're at just first week of camp really week and a half and and so it seems like we've been in here longer but when you look back it's only been I think seven eight days so uh, we're just trying to get each of them equal time so that we can really evaluate and just see where we're at with all of them. Has one stepped ahead of the other or and do you anticipate that throughout fall camp they could be on equal ground and you figure it out on game week? Yeah I mean right now they're they're both in it, learning it, and, and doing those things. So as coaches, you watch the film, but there, it's it's hard to evaluate. I mean, I've been on teams in the NFL where it was quarterback competition, and you kind of get to a point where it's like, how do you tell, really? I mean, <laughs> he's working with this group, and then he's with this group, and when you're with that group, you're not as sharp because they're not as sharp. And so a lot goes into that. You know, for me, it's, it's knowing they understand it, knowing they know where to go with it. The execution part will come when you get really settled in with that same group all the time. And so I don't, I don't concern myself with a missed throw here or there or timing on a certain thing. It's I want to know what they were thinking and where they were looking to, to know they, they get it and they understand it. 
In terms of the questions that you've been asked the most, other than who's the starting quarterback going to be, what's been the second most asked question? Uh, how's it feel to be back? <laughs> so um, it's been great. I enjoy Provo. I have great memories and, and I've always, you know, had a fondness for Provo. And so it's been fun to be back. We're settled in now and, and the family's here. So it really feels like you've made the move. What do you miss most about Texas? The ranch. <laughs> Can't get to the ranch on an off weekend. Um, so uh, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, home's where you make it, and we've got great friends back there you miss. But um, I'm glad the family's here, and I've been busy enough here that I don't have time to miss a lot of things down there other than being able to get down there and just get away from things at the ranch for a little bit. Let's finish with this. I proposed my first play of the season yesterday on Viewer <laughs> oh, Sports boy. Nation, and it was this. <laughs> that, yes, of Something course. like that. that. That Taysom Hill takes the snap dishes out to Tanner Mangum and then throws deep. What do you think? That way you don't have to name a starter on the first play. <laughs> well, that's true, but then we got to name it on the second play. <laughs> I'll do it eventually. <laughs> I know, so let's, not, let's just do it the first play. Oh, okay, okay. Hey. Heisman, he just stiff on me. <laughs> Boom, right there. That's how that works. <laughs> Ty, great to have you back. Thanks for Thanks. the time. Yeah, always good. Thanks. Ty Detmer, the Heisman Trophy winner and first-year offensive coordinator at BYU. We asked him the question... Who's leading the way in the quarterback competition? Bro, this, this right here gets me so excited to have not only a, a coach with experience, but a coach that has really an understanding of just the darn game, man. And it's because he, he said, he, when he said, look, I don't care about this or that. I mean, it's the, the overall just understanding. These are the keys that I'm looking for. And that right there, man, is, is so valuable uh, for, for a, a player to have or a program to have as a coach like that with experience. He's going to let the man. competition play out. No rush to a decision. Yep. Up next, on the defensive side of the ball, safety Micah Hanneman is making more of a name for himself. Why he thinks the defense is dominating right now in fall camp. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcasting on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And for all you fans that want to stay updated, get all insider information at a click of a button, uh, follow BYU Sports Nation on Snapchat, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, maybe Pinterest here soon. Uh, we <laughs> shall see. Uh, but... Uh, follow us on on uh, on social media to get all of your weekly and daily updates. Yes, Pinterest efforting. Yes. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. BYU football held its first scrimmage of fall camp on Saturday. Head coach Kalani Satake said T. John Karoma took snaps with the first team and is battling with Parker Daw for that starting center position. Sporting News put out a list of the top twenty-five college quarterbacks of two thousand sixteen. Taysom Hill comes in at 22. BYU will face five other quarterbacks on that list this season, including eighth-ranked Josh Rosen from UCLA. On to Rio de Janeiro. Cougars in the Olympics. I think I'm getting worse at that. Shout-out to Jaron Jordan, who speaks Portuguese. Team USA men's volleyball featuring Taylor Sander just swept Team Mexico nice. in pool play this morning with the win today. Sander and the Americans advance to the quarterfinals. Listen to this. They are the first team in Olympic history in men's volleyball to start 0-2 in pool play and make it to the quarterfinals. USA! I like it. Yeah. NFL preseason football is underway and featured a bunch of BYU Cougars in action over the weekend. Stay tuned, and we'll give you the stats in the Cougar whip around. 
If there is one position on defense for BYU football that has clearly set itself as the first team in the depth chart, it's got to be the safeties. Kai Nakua Mm -hmm. and Micah Hanneman. And that's not a surprise. We expected that would be the case. From what we have seen, that is the case. And from what we have heard from Ed Lamb, the safeties coach, that is the case right now. Micah Hanneman also said that the BYU defense has dominated, including on the Saturday or in the Saturday scrimmage, rather. We talked to him about that and a bunch of other stuff in our two on one following Saturday scrimmage. One. Micah, you can tell how hard a guy's been working by uh, facial injuries or scuff. <laughs> That's marks. how we know. So yeah. how, how did that happen? Um, it's a long story. But yeah, just a scrape on my face. But. Doing okay? <laughs> yeah, doing good. doing good. It's merely a flesh wound, Spencer. <laughs> uh, how did the scrimmage go today? Uh, it went good. Um, Defense dominated, I would say, Ooh. since I'm a defensive guy. But <laughs> the, offense, the offense did good, though, too. But, yeah, it's fun. I love scrimmaging. Why do you feel like the defense dominated today? Um, I mean, the offense, I think they only scored, like, twice the whole time. And we were scrimmaging for a long time. But the defense, I feel like it's easier to, to, to get the hang of it on defense than it is for the offense since it's early in camp. But, yeah. You've talked a lot about how you played safety growing up, and you're way more comfortable with safety. Um have you had to validate your play at safety at all, or you feel like you're comfortable with what you're doing and the coaching staff is comfortable with you at safety? Um, I feel like I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. I feel like the coaching staff is. Obviously, every single time we turn on the film, I make mistakes at safety that I've been working on every day, but I feel super comfortable at safety. So, When you look at what you did as Ty a cornerback last year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. No. <laughs> I said, ask him what really happened today. To my face. I already said it's a long story. <laughs> Sorry, coach. John, you got to see Ty. Ty's messing with our interview. He's been messing with interviews since 1991. 90. Okay. <laughs> Phase two. Listen, when a Heisman Trophy winner comes over, you got to respect the guy and acknowledge. You have to look at him and be like, yes. Acknowledge his presence. You are here. Like the stake president in your ward or whatever. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Micah. Uh, How did playing cornerback last year affect the way that you play safety this year? Um, I feel more confident in coverage because corner, it's like every single play, you're less man on man, basically. Safety, it's less man. But when I'm playing man at safety against a slower person, I just feel super confident playing that. So, like, it was it's way easier going from corner to safety than it is from going safety to corner. So, because you already have the, the only thing I needed to do was gain some weight and get more of a mindset. So, how much weight did you gain? I gained a lot of weight. I, gained, I was weighing like 190 at the end of last season. I weigh like 205 now. So, wow. like 15 pounds. What'd you do to gain that weight? Just worked hard with our new strength staff. Drank a lot of protein, ate a lot of McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> ate a lot of McDonald's? Wait, wait, you eat McDonald's? You can do that? That's okay? Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> what, what's your go-to meal at McDonald's, Micah? I'm the breakfast. The, 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 the what's the cake? Were you about called? to say the Happy Meal? No, no, no. Oh, okay. the, the hot cakes. Yeah. The hot cakes. Hot like the full, and then like, like a couple the, egg yeah. McMuffins. The full plate. And, full <laughs> and egg McMuffins? Jeez. Wow. Yeah. That's, you're like Michael Phelps out there <laughs> after a race. Three weeks from today, Saturday, BYU is going to play Arizona. I know you want to play them like today if you could, but do you need three more weeks or do you feel like the team could roll out and, and do what you need to do on, uh, today if you had to play? I mean, if we rolled out today, they would be in the same spot that we are, so I feel like we could roll out today, but... 
those three weeks would be nice to have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just to, because everything's brand new, you know, like last year, this is a completely different team and completely different like system than last year. So it's taking a little bit slower to get everything going. But Coach, Coach Lutaki keeps on saying it's about the monster's about to wake up, the beast's about to wake up. Mm. So that's what's about to happen. I, players on, so I, I'm I can't wait to see it. What do you need to work on in the next uh, 21 days? As a team or myself? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Um, team... I feel like our team is super close-knit right now. Like, we all love each other. We all respect each other and trust each other. But just getting the more of, like, the small things, like the where you align and the communication down and stuff like that. We're all just excited to play, like, running around everywhere. But we're messing up some assignments as a defense and, then, and as an offense. But just getting more professional, I guess, in the way that we play, more, like, comfortable and smooth out there. And then me personally, same thing. Comparing last year's secondary to this year's, I know that it was a lot of zone defense last year, and now you're man up a lot of the time, at least from what we've heard. Do you have a preference on which type of defense you like to play? Um, I would rather play zone just because that means more interceptions when you're playing zone. <laughs> man, man defense equals the quarterback holds it longer, you get sacked. But then zone defense, you kind of can like hide from the quarterback and then jump a route or, or make an interception. But... I love playing man defense, too, because the, the, our best games last year was the times where we played man defense So mm-hmm. as a defense, so I'm excited. A lot of what a, a, in a secondary's effectiveness has to do with not necessarily you, per se, but the defensive line. If they can get a nice rush, they can force the hand of the quarterback. What are you seeing from this defensive line in the new 4-3? No, yeah, they're getting in su- – there's, like, there's plays where the quarterback doesn't even have a second before he's getting hit by – well, they're not getting hit right now, but – before he's getting, you know, tagged off by a defensive lineman because our because of man defense, you can. That's why there's so many more sacks because you only need four people to cover the four receiver, then the rest are just going after the quarterback. So that's exciting. I'm sure they're super excited for that, and it's pretty cool. It's it's easier playing defense when you know you only have to cover someone for like a couple seconds before the quarterback gets hit. So, Micah, we wish you many more zone defense interceptions. <laughs> Thanks. And hot cakes as well. <laughs> and hot cakes. Thanks, Micah Hanneman. What I believe and feel very strongly about will be the starting strong safety for BYU football. I thought he brought up something interesting, Brian. He said last year our best games defensively were the games we played man-to-man coverage in yep. the secondary. Yeah, 100%, man. I think, I think that's proof right there that you'll see the secondary go to the next level because a lot of their skill set and, um, and, and really their strengths really uh, come from a, a man coverage and man principles. Uh, and so having that to be the, the focal point this year, man, you should see a lot more interceptions, a lot of plays being made, man. So I'm excited, excited for this secondary. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, what's the chance that Jamal Williams rushes for more than 1,233 yards this season? Hey, don't doubt a guy that made it through all three hours of church. This is BYU doubt. Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Brian Logan. Hanging out on a Monday in Studio B. If you happen to miss an episode of this show live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern, 4 Mountain. Speaking of BYU Sports Nation at that time, I believe tomorrow, right after BYUSN's re-air finishes, you can watch Brian Logan on After Further Review. Yes, that's right, Spencer. Tune in tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV for After Further Review. Featuring me! Uh, also, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, uh, and David Nixon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? It will also be rebroadcast 
<laughs> on Wednesday right after BYU Sports Nation. That was hilarious. Well, uh, it's I, got me. I, I'm on the show. Yeah, and then uh, Dave McCann and uh, oh uh, my Blaine tone. Fowler I kind of messed up my tone there. Dave Nixon, you the, know those other guys. The nonverbal. Nobody really cares about those guys. I struggle but, with my nonverbals, man. Show. I'm just. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. So that is why I was laughing. Our Twitter question today, after one week of BYU fall camp, what stands out the most to you? At YFangirl underscore JB. It really is a quarterback battle, and they bring the best out in each other. And Baby J, Jamal Williams, is an old, mature man now. Hmm. Uh, would you, hmm. uh, I, I would say so. I would go as far as saying it. He's an old man. He's not an old man, but, I mean, like, maybe spiritually and whatnot. He has matured. He's, he's definitely mature. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Time to play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? Here's how it works. Brian and I are presented with a situation, generally that involves BYU athletics or something in pop culture, and we tell you the percent chance of that thing happening. Number one. What's the chance Corbin Kafusi has 2.5-plus sacks this season? I'll go first here. I say 90%, just like his jersey number. I think Corbin Kafusi will have his opportunities to get in the backfield. He's such a unique type of player. And his older brother, Bronson Kafusi, made a living on the edge. You don't think that they will talk on a regular basis, especially with Bronson, being out for the season with that injury at the Baltimore Ravens. Bronson's going to be Corbin's number one fan and number one coach. He will be able to help his brother acclimate himself. I think he has a great shot. 90% chance Corbin Kafusi has more than two and a half sacks this season. I agree with you there, Spencer. I'm going to say 100%. Ooh. Um, and, I, 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 and I think he may do it uh, within the first six games. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Within the first six games, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. Give him time. Yeah, that is time. That's six full games, bro. That's so much time he has to get acclimated with everything. Six man. games. Oh, yes, yeah. sir. I love you. You had to one up me there, didn't you? That's, yeah, he's going to do 100%, yeah. and he'll do it in six in games. games yeah. Number two. What's the chance Jamal Williams, speaking of baby J, rushes for 12 33 plus this season? You want to go first on this one? Yeah, yeah. I'll, you know what? I'll say I'll say eighty percent. And wow! And the high. only reason the only reason why I'll say eighty percent is because I'm I'm throwing in the the injury factor, right? I don't I don't know um, if if he is going to stay healthy. I think he has a great chance. I mean, you look at what he's done so far uh, in his career before this, and he's he's always he's always played through little like bugs and 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 uh, small injuries, nicks and knacks. So. I think he's always he's he's fine. Somebody that's gonna that that can carry through unless he has something that's major. And and I think when you look at what you've been hearing as far as his maturity, how he's been really focused, uh, he's bigger, he's coming back faster, he's you know mentally, spiritually, he's at a whole another level. I think he'll be able to hit that goal, man, pretty easily. I'm going to say, and let's let's stay with the jersey number theme. I was going to say 25, percent but he's number 21, so 21 yeah. percent, and it has nothing to do with Jamal Williams inability to run the ball. I just think that Ty Detmer is going to take Norm Chow's advice and they're going to throw the ball to the backs a lot. Mm. This will take away from some of his carries. Also, it's a loaded backfield with Algie Brown and Squally Canada, not to mention Riley Burt. I just don't think there are enough carries and plays because they've slowed down the offense as well. For Jamal to be expected to put up 12-33, this isn't go fast, go but, hard but, but anymore. If Taysom throws it backwards, that's a, that's a run. That is true. Yeah. I'm not sure how much Taysom's going to throw it backwards, though. 
or Tanner Mangum, whoever the quarterback is for all that, that matter. Pitch, all that. I just don't – yeah, 12-33 is a lot to ask for in year one of the pro-style offense with how they want to run things. Number three. Last one. What's the chance? BYU has A, not multiple, A tight end with more than 200 yards receiving this season. <laughs> yeah. Go first, go first, go first, go first. I'm going to say 100%. There will be a tight end that catches more than 200 yards worth of passes because Ty Detmer is going to rely heavily on the tight ends once again in the pro-style offense, whoever it is. I know it might be committee. 200 yards isn't that much. You, you think about 13 games. Is there yeah. a guy that can catch 18 yards a game for 13 you, games? Look at, look at look at Remington Peck last year. He came in in, in, what, two games, right? And he had 75 yards right there. So, I mean, imagine if he was able to play for – the entire season, what he would have had. So I agree, man, 100%. 100% the tight end, a tight end, will have more than 200 yards. After one week of BYU fall camp, what stands out the most to you? At Family Budge says, Johnny Linehan stands out. Hashtag punters are people too. Hashtag the New Zealand cowboy. Punters are people too. Have you seen his music video? Yes, I have. Man. All positions matter, bro. You know. <laughs> Up next, we whip it in the Cougar Whip Around. Team USA Volleyball, moving on. Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU held its first scrimmage of fall camp Saturday. Head coach Kalani Satake stated Tijon Karoma took snaps with the first team and is closing the gap on Parker Daw for the starting center spot. Cougars in the Olympics. Team USA and Taylor Sander defeated Mexico in three straight sets in men's volleyball. The United States, the first team in Olympic history to move on to the quarterfinals after losing their first two matches. Cougars in the NFL. NFL preseason is underway and featured a plethora of BYU Cougars in action over the weekend. Daniel Sorensen, Kyle Van Noy, DeAndre Wesley, Jordan Leslie, and my boy Jake Heaps went 3 for 10 with 33 yards for the Seahawks. Soccer. Nadia Gomes scored both goals for the BYU women's soccer team in a 2-2 draw at UCLA in a preseason exhibition. The Cougars opened the real season Friday at Washington State. Cougars in the PGA. Side player tied for 56th place with five under par at the John Deere Classic. Daniel Summerhays did not make the cut, and Mike Weir withdrew from the field. Oh, the turkeys are always interrupting. <laughs> Future guests on the show include Bill Bender of the Sporting News. And today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Brian, who deserves the Rise and Shout? Bob Bowlesby. Of course he does, right? Yes. Until they make a decision anyway. Let's go, man. After one there week of BYU fall camp, what stands out the most to you? Our elite tweet of the day. From Matt Kubaka. We're going to see tight ends back in the offense and that Jay Swag Daddy knows most of the hymns and all of the stories in relation to church. He said that at the nice. Big Blue Bash. Thanks to Ty Detmer, Micah Hanneman, Brian Logan for joining me, and everyone on our crew, the show on demand. Download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, or for Brian, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Norm Chow. (laughs) 